Welcome to Humans of Twitter, a podcast where we discover the stories behind the people behind the Twitter accounts. People that are interesting, opinionated and surprising. I'm your host, Steve Malk, and today I'm speaking with someone who describes themselves as house APAC partnerships and community. Humans of Twitter is their stories in their words in a little more than 140 characters. Please welcome today's addition to the Humans of Twitter list, Luke Buckle. Hi. Welcome, Luke. Can I ask, please, in social settings, how do you introduce yourself? Social media settings or social settings generally? Yes. <laughs> um, I've only introduced myself as that buckle up twice, I think. Um, so usually... It's, Everyone's a critic. It's <laughs> oh, good timing. Oh. Hang on. All right. The kids have been putting the guinea pigs to bed and um, I'm now going to hear what's happened. Daisy wasn't putting um, um, the car in the right place that I wanted it to be. Oh, she put the car in the wrong place. So I need you to be in bed, remember? So can you go do that for me now and I will come in and tuck you in shortly. How cool. I'll come and see you soon. I wanted you in bed by eight. And now here we are. I'm on the phone and it's totally disrupted. Do you need to give her a team to that? (laughs) I don't know why she ended up doing the guinea pigs. Steve, this is totally unexpected. She was supposed to be in bed. Okay. I can't help that now. I need to talk to someone on the phone. See this? This is me talking to someone on the phone and I can't do that right now if you're going to sit in my lap and cry. Okay? Please. It's all right. Sorry, Steve, you there? Yeah, mate. Oh, I can't hear you. Hang on. I can hear you. Oh, yeah. There you are. Sorry, I couldn't hear you for a sec. That's all right, mate. I'm just going to try. Your kids. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. Give me a minute. I'll just put it in bed and see if I can come back in a sec. Okay. Sorry. A minute passes. Um, hi, you there? Yes, mate. Hello. Everything okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They are really great kids. Um, <laughs> it's just not, not, not that typical. I, I love it really. It's just that was appalling timing. No, no, and that's okay. I totally understand. <laughs> right. Where were we? If, if it's a bit funny at the start, you can leave that stuff in. <laughs> oh, no. It's talking about guinea pigs and excellent tired. I don't want to do what you're telling me crying. <laughs> It's the best. <laughs> All right, yeah, I'll leave that up to your um, professional discretion. So welcome back, Luke. I hope that everything is sorted out with the guinea pigs and everyone is calm and no longer crying. Seems okay for now. <laughs> you were telling us about how you introduce yourself. All right, good question. The, the job I'm in at the moment is quite diverse. I began as a community manager 
And that's easy to tell people. Oh, I'm a community manager. And most people don't know what that is, but then you go tell them. Mm. Um, the social media aspect of what I do now often leads how I introduce myself. So I'll say, oh, I do the social media and community stuff at House, which is an architecture and design website and app. And often mm. they go, oh, yeah, I think I've got that app. And then I say, okay, well, I also do partnerships and I'm the product manager and I do the SEO. And then they start to look a bit bewildered. And I go, yeah, it's, there's a lot going on. <laughs> it's what you think it is. Yeah, but I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm still swimming and it's um, the land of opportunity. So you work for the internet too. I do. And thankfully, most people kind of have come across social media. So if I see that they're going to look bewildered or you know, swamped with information. I just will stick to the social media and go, I do the Facebooks mm. and I'm on the Twitters. You're on all the things, which is very fun and enjoyable, I have to say. It is. It's a great, it's a great place to be in a career because it's creative and stimulating and full on um, when you want it to be. You know, I, I've learned how to, step in to the feed and then come out of it too. So I like that you can kind of get it really intense when you need it to be, but I've also kind of learned better how to switch it off and um, yes. delegate. <laughs> <laughs> Social media managers all need to do. Like you just can't run any accounts 24-7. It's just not possible. But we all try yeah. and you obviously continue to try. Yeah, I look, but I've got a cloning machine. <laughs> the multi-mulk or something. Yeah. Just don't call the wrong one. You don't know which one you're going to get. <laughs> in in working for House, did you have an interest in architecture and those sorts of things before this? Or is it something that it's like, well, no, it's a job and so I understand it, but it's not that interesting to me? Or where does that fit for you? Um, yeah, it it fitted really well because I did already have an interest in design and architecture. Mm. I started taking photos as a 12-year-old in the um, city of Sydney, uh, nearly solely of buildings. And they weren't good photos and they're still not mm. good. But I, I decided to make Facebook um, uh, a gallery for my um, photos of houses. And this developed a bit of um, its own popularity um, with people I knew too and so it would generate a lot of discussion and I started to um, upload every photo I took of houses around Sydney particularly and then around parts of Australia um, yes. and that led to my now boss discovering me online. I think he found me on LinkedIn but then did research and immediately realised, oh, he's actually into architecture as well as being a community slash social manager. So I, nice. I fit the bill well and I was at Fox Sports at the time mm. and having a ball, um, I was running five channels worth of social media <laughs> and um, it was really something that I was torn over because it was up my alley much more in my interest space but um, much more limited in social range so I yeah. had to then think well do I want to go back to something which is four people instead of managing um, 100 accounts and mm -hmm. 
three hundred kind of people affected by these accounts or involved in yes. some way. So um, I did decide that would be better that I could build something else from scratch, like I had at Sunrise, and I find that really gripping. Like it's so dependent on you to to get the community going that um, yeah, I think that is something I enjoy really deeply. This, I think this will be an easy question for you to answer given the nature of what we're talking about pretty much didn't exist when you're at school. Are you doing what Luke in year 11 thought he would be doing? Oh, how good was year 11? No one So cares. good. So much potential, so little responsibility. <laughs> yeah, you don't have real exams for all of year 11, so it's just party. But anyway, um, oh, my career advisor was like, I think, you're doing business studies and economics, so you know, let's look towards commerce degrees. Um, mm. but I was like, Oh, but I like to write, and he said, Well, communications is the other option. And thank god, I didn't get the marks for either of those degrees, <laughs> and I, yes, I got to do writing still, um, because I did an information studies degree, yes. which um, was the early basis for their internet degree. So communications and um, like multimedia became communications yep. and um, news media and the internet. Um, so I was at you know late 90s finding myself in a uni degree that was trying to make sense of um, the internet, which was all chat rooms at this point and bulletin boards. Um, but I think that's led me to stuff that I really would have wanted to do had I known it existed, um, yeah. that it was going to exist. But I've realized that every job I've taken didn't exist when I was in my last job, when I took my last job. So I've given up on the <laughs> career trajectory. It's, it's just no point in, yep. in this space, I think. No one's even defined what my next job will be, and I'm sure they're going to be thinking it up as we have a job interview. So um, yes. I'm used to bosses kind of saying, yeah, you make this what you want, and you know, let's find out where it leads. And um, the last three bosses I've had have all been younger than me. So that also is something I'm getting used to. Um, from Adam Boland to Michael Pell to Chris Gross, oh, four. And now uh, um, Jason Chuck, yeah, all four of them <laughs> younger than me. And uh, I'm now strangely seen as a senior staff member. Look at you with all your seniority and oldness. Yeah, and maturity. <clears throat> yes. Yes. Not to doubt you, but yes. And that's weird because, you know, you're the Facebook guy, which implies immaturity. Yeah. And yet... People are having to come to me and ask questions. <laughs> oh, but there are so many people that take Facebook so very seriously, Luke. Oh, I try and keep away from those people. Yeah. I mean, I get it for people that have their business, you know, kind of really intimately integrated or connected with Facebook. Mm. Uh, it's not going to go away for a while, which I guess in part is great. It means that their business is somewhat secure. Uh, but, you know, as we're seeing just recently at time of recording, Twitter announced that Vine is being shut down, which everyone might go, what? As in, what was that? I mm. never even heard about that. Mm. There are lots of people, particularly in America, who had become 
quite, shall we say, big and smartly had probably transitioned off Vine but still used it, but, you know, made their yeah. empires out of that thing and now it's going away. Yeah. Oh, right, and you're saying, well, Facebook could well go away and it will at some point. Like we You'd think so, we superseded by something. It's not going to be here forever and I'm quite captivated by thinking about that. Like, what will replace Facebook? And Yes. And what will cause Facebook to not be a thing? Because right now, biggest country in the world. Mm. 1.7 oh, yeah. billion people. As a community. It's amazing. I, I doubt there'll be a community as big, but I think there'll be splinter groups and factions, and that'll be fantastic to see it happen. <laughs> but I... The great Facebook war of 2021. <laughs> Imagine if it did implode politically. That'd be... Amazing to watch too. Yes. But I, I've tried on my Facebook wall to screw it up, to F it up in some ways because I mm-hmm. think we're all just playing along here. This is a community where you are very restricted. You can't design your page. You can't mm. tailor it in some way. You can't even tailor your posts. You can't put bolder italics on still. No, that's right. No emphasis. No, no drawings, no... You can do photos and text, and I find that, like, debilitating. If it's supposed to be a creative place, you have yeah. to be clever with words or you're done. Maybe you take good photos, but we've all seen, you know, Instagram. Everyone can take amazing photos with filters. So I've tried to make it um, thematic. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I do different things each week. Like in the last week, I tried finding all of the um, dirtiest worst places in Sydney um, <laughs> because someone alleged that I had never seen like the dark underbelly of Sydney. Yes. So I, I tried to find those things. Um, I, I was a teenage girl for a week and I just posted as if I was a teenage girl. Totally. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lots of hashtags. No one cottoned on. Um, <laughs> Um, Probably just went, what is Luke doing? Oh, I just thought, he is a bit of a dimwit, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. So, I, and I've, I've become all sorts of other people as well, just to kind of keep myself entertained. But also I'm trying to make people come along with me. I'm like, we don't have to play along with this. They just want you to post three line messages so that people scroll more. But if we all actually shared real things and... You posted in-depth discussions. You know, this would change the whole fabric of it. But it's so yeah. elemental and superficial because of the formatting, I think, that we're all kind of reduced to just sharing these kind of um, sound bites. bites. Yeah. yeah. And that, to me, it's not, it's not fulfilling in the end. Um, and, of course, then the brand pages, of which I depend <laughs> for yeah. income, um, yes. They, they're increasingly um, intrusive into your feed and so really you're, you're spending so much of your day just looking at advertising and uh, Facebook's got you captive. It's really like an incredible, incredible feed to be a part of, isn't it? But on the other hand, I think, mm. oh, we're all a bit blind to what's going on here and that we don't have any personality. No one actually stands out much on, on Facebook. You don't log on and go, oh, I really want to see what that particular person said today because they always post good stuff. You just start scrolling and eventually you might find something good, but it's a bit mindless. 
because you'll always miss some stuff. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not even diving into sort of a FOMO scenario, but if you've got, let's say you only have 20 friends on Facebook, you're not going to see the last 20, you know, the most recent posts for those 20 people in that scroll. You're going to see something that someone else has um, liked or, or commented on, or yeah. there's there'll be ads pop up for other things, or, hey, you like this, so what about that? Oh, It'll take you ages to see you fall into a hole yep. of watching 10 videos. Yep. It's not that's not enjoyable, but I no. agree. It's so um, curated by our algorithm that you don't really get the full picture of anyone. Although they do claim that if you keep scrolling, you will see every post of Gosh. your friends. Um, but of course, when you have 500 friends, no one is ever going to scroll. Oh, brother, <laughs> I've got over a Yeah, but it's a, it's a really interesting thing to be a part of and... I mean, what would I be doing for a job otherwise? I, I'd still be working for a music magazine maybe or a, or a TV channel and um, stuck in broadcast television. But um, surely the internet should be replacing broadcast television sometime soon, Steve. Oh, look, I agree, Luke. And I think it's trying hard as much as broadcast television is kicking and screaming and trying to convince us of its relevance. Isn't it? But I'm like, So very hard. People are still watching The Bachelor. And they're still sitting down on the couch. So maybe that yep. will never end. Maybe I have to accept that people want the completely low effort engagement of, I know this is on at this time. I'm going to sit down and switch it on. And that's all I have to do. So that's so easy compared to finding it online and making sure you've got a good internet connection, etc. Mm. I got the data or whatever. So maybe that won't go away. But I was hoping it- that it would. In in the short term, I think all it's going to take is better integration. You know, the ability for people to be able to turn on their TV and not just go, what's on channel blah, but go, oh, what was that show that we missed last night and very easily be able to find it. Yeah, true. I mean, I don't even have a very good smart TV. I haven't bought Apple TV. Mm. I mean, the idea that shows... What well, that's the, Apple TV doesn't even integrate to your broadcast no, life. Right. But they have this idea, don't they, that shows are apps and you can just... You download the app like you download a series. Yes. And that appeals to me. And then It's I... very hard, though, to, in my opinion, convince Australians who've had it really good for a long time where all of the television is free, or a majority of the television is free, uh, to, to say to them as Apple, hey, you guys, that show that you missed last night, how about you click here and buy that for 20-something bucks mm. or whatever it is, and we'll just give it to you as they become available or whatever, whatever. When, but I'm getting it for free. At least this way I wouldn't get ads. I acknowledge that. But there's a real, that will be a lingering problem for a complete and true move to to catch up over broadcast. However, broadcast is kicking and screaming about its relevance and proving that, you know, the best way to engage with people is, you know, be seen on television and all that sort of stuff for advertisers. When, you know what, if they fix their digital game, I reckon they could one one network is all it's going to take. Well, this Freeview app's coming, right? So if they that's not going to fix anything. That that's not going to fix anything. I don't want to have to open five different apps to see every show. If they can put it in one place for me, and then if you could give me free data on my plan as well, you know, Mm -hmm. then you've got people on the bus who are watching it. um, As long as I don't have to pay for it. 
Yeah. Well, we start. That's that's the hook, isn't it? As long as I don't have to pay for it, and we're starting to see that with uh, Optus, I think it is now making yeah. the streaming of. I think it's ABC. And they got Netflix content. and um, Netflix Stan. Stan, yeah, like freebie and on on your phone on your though, iPad. At, this is an old person thing to say, but there is a lot of young people I know who <laughs> are not paying for Netflix and they're illegally. Streaming everything still. And I thought, I stupidly thought we'd kind of got past that when Netflix came out and it's $2 a week or two fifty yep. a week. Like people still won't do it. And the time spent looking for a stream, I'm like, come on, people. But yeah, I'm not no, a student. Right. Um, maybe, you know, that's, that's still uh, a deal breaker for some people. But I think. But if wow. you're a student, be... tell your parents to get Netflix and just get a login. Exactly. And you're right, it's two bucks fifty a week. Yeah. And they blow that on, you know, a quarter. Oh, it's of an not average. even a half a cup of coffee. Hmm. That would be had daily. I know. But I've had this discussion with a few people and they just were like shrug their shoulders. Nah, I'm used to streaming it, I'm gonna keep streaming. Yeah, but I get it for free, why should I change? Yeah. I'm yeah. What, how, there's so many questions that I want to get out and I don't want to turn this into a television conversation. Oh, sorry. Um, was Sunrise your first social media gig? Well, it had to be because that was when social media was born. Um, because of Sunrise? <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I mean, I know Adam Boland's good, I, but wow. I can't take credit for the entire internet, but yes, Adam and I created social media. <laughs> we've since gone on to greater things. Um, <laughs> the, no, it's just that Twitter emerged at a perfect time for the show yeah. and Adam was totally behind it. So every idea I came to him with, he said yes and backed it. And we made a segment on the show mm. where people tweeted and Facebooked, um, what the topics would be the next day. So they were affecting the show, um, in real time, because we gave updates of the results sure. during the show. I mean, ideally, we would have even been changing the lineup of the show as it happened. And the director <laughs> is probably the only reason that couldn't happen because, you know, they like to know what's coming up. Um, but Lose their mind. It was really, really kind of riveting to see that happen. And so, yes. About when was this? This is like 2009. Mm-hmm. Um I think I was there from 2007. So it was... Were you just producing before... Just. Were you producing before that? No, I came in. Um, I came from Yahoo 7, um, where I was yes. a producer. But um, Adam wanted me just to be their website guy. So um, he just wanted someone in, in-house in who, who could... Coordinating the, the Sunrise Army. Sorry, family. <laughs> Yeah, don't make them sound like a negative bunch. Um, the Stasi. No, no. They, they solved crimes. They <laughs> fixed um, cyclones. Um, yep. What couldn't the Sunrise family do? And probably nothing. Um, they could do nothing wrong, so, for sure. Yeah, I, I just got really free reign um, because Adam just trusted me and we turned things around in a remarkable time. Like, that is the most efficient group of people I have ever seen. It was, it was just really um, skin of your teeth stuff and mm. s- smell of an oily rag, 
there wasn't a lot of resources. You'd be amazed at what they managed to pull off. And yeah, we built mini websites overnight when there was a campaign Adam wanted to happen. Great. Um, we recruited groups of kids to do campaigns for us, like street teams overnight yep. again, you know, because we had such a great community online, you could do yes. this stuff. And so when you have big events like the Bieber shows or um, the Cyclone response, um, and there was multiple campaigns. I mean, no mm. one remembers the Sunrise Choir. Maybe you do. But mm. um, we, we put on all these kind of wacky things, but they got turned around in no time for nearly no money. So Adam just ran this amazing uh, place where everyone was totally committed and thoroughly involved. You would not go to bed until everything was locked down and often that meant very late work. But, um, yeah, it's how the show obviously rose um, and it was, it was phenomenal to be there in um, a really good period of that. Well, you led the charge for, I'm going to say, Australia's first app for a TV show. Yeah, it doesn't stand out at all now because everyone's got an app, don't they? But um, Well, but what they do and they don't, right? I think we're going through a really interesting phase where particularly for networks, TV shows, they go, well, no, it's not worth the effort of an app. Uh-huh. But we need to have you know clear presence in our app or our online, yeah. and you know the access to mobile is greater. So the way that that all functions, but the Sunrise app was and I a real too, thing. It, yeah, again, it was Adam because he was he was all for streaming the show in like 2010. Mm-hmm. So really early, um, the technology could barely keep up with what he wanted. And you got to a do. telco on board to make it free. <laughs> Well, that, that man could do deals as well. So uh, I, I wanted a computer that could, um, you know, cut video so that I could upload it onto YouTube overnight mm. um, because back then, you know, Channel 7 hadn't set up anything. I was just running the YouTube channel myself with anything I could do. <laughs> and he didn't have the resources. He didn't have the, the budget to get me a, a slick um, laptop. Gosh. So he rang up HP and said, we'll give you a bunch of um, billboards at the end of the show if you send us a few computers. And they arrived oh. the next day. Oh, and gosh. obviously, you know, when you've got a show, you can, with that you know, number one label, mm. which I believe they still have, um, then... Oh, I'm going to ask you about that. He could, he could just turn stuff around magnificently and that enabled you to, to get cool shit done. So, yeah, getting the app done was really good too. Um, really fun. You just wanted to be able to do so much more, but, um, you know, smartphones were very limited back then. Yeah. So all we could really get up were the fact sheets I was writing, um, the clips, which are pulled via RSS feed, and um, they built a cool timeline. So the agency we, we got called Webling built a nice scrollable timeline. Um, yep where you could just see exactly where you were in the show and watch that segment again. And that was really pioneering, I guess, at the time. Absolutely. In fact, I'm going to say there's no one that has commodified their breakfast show in the same way now. Well, who is there? Today's show. Oh, well, there's I guess breakfast, so. ABC, breakfast, there's Today's Show and Sunrise, and neither, none of the three are making available the entire show in segments like that. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's still impressive, isn't it? 
I mean, for some reason, Today Show never really stepped up to the plate in technology. And they were clearly giving the show a run for its money and still are. Mm. But online, it's like, come on, guys, keep up. What are you doing? Well, they've built a great social game and and like the behind the scenes video, someone's filmed it on their iPhone, that kind of thing okay. is big, but nothing like the, um, yeah, you an hour ago you missed the, this segment. That's okay. Go here and see it. Yeah. Well, you're very kind to give it a wrap because um, it was it was a good good thing to be part of. It was, um, yeah, quite innovative and we did pull it off. I think it could have evolved a lot, but I think, mm-hmm. you know, priorities changed and so it kind of stagnated. I assume it's still there. Is it still there? I haven't looked. It wouldn't look very good these days. It, it would really need a big update. So It may have been replaced with the Plus 7 or the 7 Live app. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, quite possibly. Uh, yeah, it would be cool to do more of that. But like Howl's now, where I am, mm. is, the, is a whole other world. You know, a team of engineers in Silicon Valley at the top of their game, testing everything really well. So <laughs> everything comes out smooth, <laughs> slick, um, rarely breaks. It's the opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> Given you were on the inside of the television, you know, the bricky wars, what do you make of all of this schmozzle that's gone on in the past week and a bit around, you know, today claiming the win after 12 years, Sunrise saying, no, you didn't, Seven taking nine to court, them settling, and now it's sort of even bubbling along still with nine claiming that today's won this capital city and Seven going, no, you didn't. Wow. I just think, does anyone else care? Yes, so few others can. Maybe advertising dollars in being able to claim it, and we certainly always were protective of that name and that claim Mm -hmm. when I was there. But um, everyone knows that every show massages the figures so that it reflects best on them. Um, But uh, I guess what's happening is it's becoming a very close game, so much so that they'd go to court over it. So, I mean, I still think that Sunrise is um, the better of the two. But um, when you break down the stats, um, I I am just, being out of it now, you just yes. look back. Oh, you look, you look at those headlines and think, wow, it's such a bubble. You can tell people in the bubble that you're in a bubble. <laughs> you, know what, you know what it's like to the rest of us, don't you? Like, we're all looking and going, what is it with those breakfast shows? Why are they all, like, so self-reflective? And mm. um, why don't they behave like any other show? Or, you know, so many people don't even know you exist. But to everyone in there, when you're in it, man, it's the world and it's everything and it's really important. And you can't fathom that actually it looks really trivial to a lot of people. And yep. I did realise that quite quickly when I got out. And it's a, it's a bit of a shock to the system, um, but um, it is what it is. Like, it's really stimulating when you're in it. And so you can understand then why they really get fired up if someone tries to steal their mantle. Um, mm. And, you know, I respect everyone on the Sunrise team um, because they would be thinking, we work bloody hard to get those figures. And if someone's going to try and twist them, we're not going to let them get away with it. Um, well, it's complicated a bit, isn't it? By the fact that for 
for the Today Show to win 2016, it breaks a 12-year, what would have been 13-year streak for Sunrise, the first time that Carl and Lisa have both won. Yeah. I mean, Sunrise obviously gone through some changes and... I Transitioning, think... if you will. <laughs> um, and Today Show does look like a carbon copy, like... It, mm. It's really irritating to think that they are capitalising on everything Sunrise did before them. Yeah. Um, There's little innovation in that space. There is. And I don't know. I'm a bit indoctrinated because I look at the Today Show still and think, this is pap. Like, why are people all... <laughs> why are so many people watching this show? Um, why is Steve oh, Jacobs still so a fan? But um, it it really has obviously kind of attracted a lot of people for its own reasons. And mm. so um, it's it's disheartening to think that Sunrise might be kind of um, being pulled back. Um, but I think, you know, that's a call on them to innovate again and to find a new way to tap new audiences. I, you know, I'm so internet focused. I just think it's, it's, it's not a long-term vision anymore to be just doing a breakfast show that isn't, really connected online in some way you've got to be more integrated or are you going to die and i can't think of anyone under 30 who cares about breakfast tv so yeah and tweets and facebook messages showing them on screen is not enough no why is that still even like just uh an acceptable lower third thing that happens on tv i mean even Mm. q a um i knew leslie NASA um, briefly, but even he knew that it needed to evolve and it was still just what it looked like five, seven years ago. Yeah. And tweets on screen, I mean, there's all different ways that could be done. I don't see much innovation there at all. Um, I'd love to get um, kind of back into that in some ways because it's it's just really ripe for... Uh, disruption to use a startup jargon term, and so you um, <laughs> you could really capture people's attention if you do that differently. But I just think it's there now. People just think of it like a ticker, and you look at it or you don't. Um, yeah, and that that's kind of disappointing from a social media perspective because I think uh, it doesn't feel like Twitter. It doesn't look like Facebook. Um, <laughs> it's just too abbreviated and um, it's often nonsense. Um, you've got to bring it in in different ways. Otherwise, yes. yeah, why would, why would the next generation think about um, watching a show in the morning? Um, what's the value there if they can get their news from 50 other places and it's, it's quicker and it's not curated? You know, it, it, it's an algorithm that's learning every day what I like to look at. You know, I like Flipboard, Apple News, Google News. Mm-hmm. And they're all tailored feeds that know what I like. So I don't see the appeal so much of watching um, a TV show that will tell me what I need to know. I'll layer in that this week the ABC have started delivering tailored news to your Facebook Messenger app. Oh, I haven't really read about that. Tell me more. Yeah, so you can subscribe, for lack of a better phrase, to the service and pick... Uh, a time three there's three different times so it's part bot part human related uh, the idea is that it is designed to be as much um, 
AI as anything. So you, you say, these are the things I'm interested in. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Um, here is the time that I want to have it delivered to me, 6.30, 7.30, uh, And also you can opt to update you on specific things during the day at, you know, as they happen or as, of course, as the ABC publish content on it. Um, oh, that sounds good. And it can be broad stuff like American politics, Australian politics, uh, headlines, that kind of thing, uh, as well as good news. There's a, a, a section called oh, good yeah. news. Um, and you can even ask questions of the service. Who won the Melbourne Cup, for example? Um, or what was the score in the this game of cricket or something? I just why is ABC doing that? Where were the commercial stations? That is an excellent question. They want to own news as much as anyone. Yep. They would probably say they don't have the resources or they can't see the revenue in it. But well, at its core, they're just leveraging an API that Facebook makes available to all news services. Right. Right. They're just having a swing. They're giving it a go. And I think there's a real reticence by the commercial networks to invest any money in anything close to an edge because when you're crying poor to the federal government about your licence fees and say that they need to be cut slash abolished and all of these other rules that restrain us, but you have to make sure that you keep the anti-siphoning list, Mm. you can't be seen to be someone that's out there spending cash on something that... Uh, because Facebook is stealing our content. And the ABC are going, here's the content. Yeah, and they do not have the same demands on them, obviously. So well, certainly I mean, no commercial big, ones, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, true. I mean that's a that is a, a genuine pickle and there's probably a lot of people who would love to be doing it in any of those free to air channels. But if you want to own it, Luke, how do you own it? Well let's hope that they're innovating right now and they're about to launch something. We know they're not. <laughs> I don't know. Man, local news, to me, there's so much syndication going on. And, mm. I mean, 6 o'clock news has long since been anything less than entertainment. So, Oh, the, the minute that on the East Coast, Seven decided to kill today, tonight, mm-hmm. and integrate it into an hour-long news bulletin, yep, done. You think that was the moment? That that was the very clear, we can draw a line in the sand and say it happened here. I think it was happening in moments before that, uh, but that totally changed the game. We know news is one of their cheapest to produce um, methods of, of making TV. So why, mm. why do I'm we surprised. more innovation in that space? Why is it just prolonging news um, and it still looks the same, it's just more of it? Um, I mean, I I do appreciate that they're they're probably saying they're trying new things, and the hour long broadcast might be one of them. But um, you know, you can dip in and out of seven, nine, ten, and not feel you're seeing much difference. So, mm. why does the ABC now look like such an innovator, and the others all? To me, I mean, I'm because they're just dragging their heels. They're not doing anything. If your idea of innovation is live streaming your broadcast free-to-air channel, guys, let's just let's just think a bit harder, please. <laughs> well, Adam Bolland was doing it in two thousand and nine. Exactly. <laughs> like it's it's two thousand, nearly two thousand seventeen, and sure, you can jump up and say, look, look at all of the great commercial things and radical things we're doing around it, the placement of advertising and the integration of ads uh, in our digital platforms. I got to tell you, none of us care. 
the best thing you can do is make it so that a it's a seamless experience b so that we don't see the same ad block every time the show goes to an ad break um see and even that there's just three if we look at the commercial networks three different implementations of live streaming different implementations of catch up not that they should be the same but no one's got it right <laughs> well maybe that's just evidence that they they're still trying to work it out in fact i would say if you hate themselves. the ads if you hate ads, watch 10 play live streaming because you so rarely get ads on there. It's the best. Well, is that because they haven't sold any inventory? Or they just haven't, like seven and nine have both sucked it up. And when they go live live streaming, mm. they just play the ads that are on their broadcast oh, right. networks. Yeah. But however they're covering the, the, the digital assets and the, the monetary stuff around the things, don't know. They probably even aren't. But 10 have opted for a cautiously, cautiously moment where they go, well, we can't do that. So let's not. So it just goes to this great title slide and some jaunty music, and then the show comes back. It's so great. I've been. I have realised. I'm now watching. Um, uh, have you been paying attention solely mm-hmm. through the Channel Ten app? Because I'm never available when it's on air. Yep. But it's there the next day, and it's not. You know, as long as you watch it in the same week, you know, you know what they're talking about, and that is a really fantastic experience. Actually, I do enjoy that, and. Um, you know, every every app I've worked on, every TV show I've worked on, the social media and the apps get their biggest use between nine and ten p.m. Yep. And the curve is the same on every channel because yep. people are all just going to bed with their phones or their yep. tablets, and so it's a very predictable behaviour now that people finish their dinner. They put kids to bed or maybe watch the news or, or do something else after dinner, but then they're all kind of um, kicking back on the sofa or in mm. bed to do the same thing. And um, that's just evidence that appointment viewing is dead to me. It, it has been for some years that people who realise that they can watch this when they want to um, won't, won't wait around for your show to be on. They'll do something else. And the TV ratings 100% reflect that. Anything after 8.30, 9 o'clock, near in the toilet. Oh. Like, I remember, even when I started talking about television, Luke, 8.30 was still, 8.30 to 9.30, really key time slot. You know, that was competitive. The networks were putting shows in there up against each other because they wanted to win. It was great programming. Some not so, but generally there was competition there. Now because they haven't worked out how to solve it, but we still need to broadcast it. They're slotting things that are just getting punished at 8.43, 9.02, because the reality juggernaut that's run before it has run way late. (laughs) And people have gone, don't care, I'll binge it later if I want to see it. Yeah. I mean, the word of mouth with Netflix is remarkable, isn't it? Stunning, absolutely about, incredible. Same with Stan. Talk about their series. Yeah, it could be on Stan too, but it's just cuts through like no show does. When you just hear from t- ten different people in one week, you know, are you watching Stranger Things? Yep, I had to watch it. Like I was just socially compelled. Otherwise, I'm because, not in yeah. any conversations with people. <laughs> the new water that, cooler is. Have you seen this on Netflix? Have you seen that on Stan? Yeah. And I'm impressed that um, that continues to work. You know, their, their production values are so good and their stories, yep. everything they, well, not everything, but a lot they produce 
just becomes the next big thing. And and in my office, Bachelor is big, and Survivor was just briefly. Yeah. Um, so those things kind of spike, but you know, when people spend six weeks getting through a series, it's just a lot of conversations that come up, and there's a lot of people who can share it, and that seems yes. to really work. So, um, you know, I really like the micropayment model, and two dollars a week isn't micropayments, um, but mm. I'm still hoping that. Australian news outlets online will pursue that. So Fairfax, I've not yet subscribed to. I've got mm-hmm. too many free stories and I rarely hit the limit. Um, yep. I'm not paying for News Limited, um, but I do read some You know when it's free. So I would pay for any of those if you know I could give them a dollar for an author that I liked a month yep. or pay per story. Yeah, five um, or ten cents an article. There's no paper section. No one. I'm having to pay for sport, finance, weather. Yep. If Don't I get care. your subscription, never going to read it. So why? It's the Foxtel model, isn't it? Get all of these channels, but I don't watch to half of them. And they're smart enough now to have you know, moved well away from that. I reckon that it's taken people... four or five years. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. like the complaint about why can't we just build our own channel package? has been going yeah. for almost the entire time that I've been talking about television. That's true. And and the only caveat I've got on that is that I was employed by Channel V for a few years. Great years. and Best years. Everyone knew at Channel V that we had 1% of the pay TV ratings and that we were having a ball and we had a good budget, but no one was watching. And Never going to last. The only reason it existed. The only reason it existed was because, you know, the execs knew that there's teenagers in families who have Foxtel and they've got to have something to watch. And without the package deals, no one would have been buying Channel V. So that's probably why Channel V no longer exists, that too many people switched to, you know, choose your own channels and the music channels have all kind of fizzed out. The pressure is going to be brought to bear on Foxtel with their December 1 new packages because it's still the same thing. It's still you buy a channel package for, for their Foxtel Play product, but it's way, way cheaper, way more reasonable. So you can get effectively their premium drama package that will then play on your phone, your tablet, uh, your gaming console, which puts it on a big screen mm. um, and those kinds of things for 10 bucks a month. That is good. I wonder if it'll Mate, save them. Super compelling, right? There's great opportunities there, but that pressure is going to then bring to bear on all of those excellent people slash schmoes who are paying 129, 139 bucks a month for premium Foxtel just to have it come in on an IQ and play on their big screen. Like, why would you do that? Yeah. Yeah. I've talked to people recently who love the sport, love Fox Sports, but don't want to pay for it and know someone who's got it and they go around to their place or they know a pub mm-hmm. that's got it. And yep. Of course, that's factored in that um, pubs pay a lot to have Fox Sports, but it's also <laughs> something that they're never going to be able to overcome, that people, some people won't ever want to pay for it, even if the price comes down to something minuscule. And they will and charging extra for high definition in 2017, ludicrous. Are they? Yeah, it's still a. You want to have the HD channels? Here's some extra oh, money. Oh, that's got that's that's ridiculous. <laughs> now that is contextually that's the the satellite service. Um, in your Foxtel plays, guess what's not available? 
page do. Yep. I mean, no, no user cares. No consumer cares that it takes more satellite bandwidth to send me HD. They just nope. think, I bought an expensive TV. Why have I got a well, this not look good. picture? <laughs> yep. And that's completely understandable. Um, but I know these are realities of TV execs and they're bound by their costs. So, yeah, we're dreaming. But um, Imagine what we could do if we ran a commercial network. Imagine. <laughs> we'd be out of business in a month. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, we'd have some good tweets on screen. Oh, hell yeah. We would be revolutionizing the way social media is integrated to a show nobody watches. <laughs> and then you could download it the next day on the Sunrise app, which no one has. But good in theory, very good in theory, Steve. And this is the sort of innovation and creativity that TV needs. Mm, oh, we would sit so well in uh, in a boardroom, wouldn't we? Long lunches, discussions about technology, oh, stuff people don't understand. TV TV meetings are such an amazing microcosm of masculinity and and just crazy thought processes that may never transpire into anything. But I was just captivated for years, my time in TV, watching people um, throw stuff at the wall, some of which was incredibly insightful, but most of it was, you know, balmy mm. and... and Got up. Heaps of swear words get you noticed and people get get yeah to the top often by just being the loudest <sighs> and yeah. i mean it sunrise was though their production meetings were a phenomenon they <laughs> they i mean i tried to stream them at once but we immediately realized that there's so many swear words that you never wanted to ever hear um <laughs> there was no way to bleep them we tried doing it without audio but <laughs> Who wants to watch a production meeting without audio? Um, so, yeah, but wow. Like, they are full-on hilarity and tension and um, baggage, you know, streaming around the room like yeah. a whirlwind and people's ideas being smashed. Like, I hardly got any ideas heard because there were people with much more skill and insight and experience. But um, you could have a great idea and and it would just get slammed because that was just their editing process. You know, it's, everything's on the fly. And yeah. I, I kind of wish everyone got a, a look at that. Um, I've never really seen it well presented. Maybe newsroom was close, but it was it was too articulate, obviously. Um, yeah, yeah, the bad news is, people, if you're watching The Wrong Girl and thinking that that's how a TV production meeting goes, no. Nah. <laughs> Everything about how that show depicts the breakfast show it purports to be, no. Nah. No. Nah. Not for a second. Okay, okay. Way too calm before broadcast. Way too much walking. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Nowhere near enough swearing. Copy that. Uh, and I, oh, yeah. I flipped over to see one thing. They were talking about... Um, I, I'm admitting to watching The Wrong Girl, this is a dangerous thing. Mm. Um, Lily, the central character played by Jessica Murray, was coming in. She was uh, running... The breakfast, uh, the weekend version of the breakfast show for her first time as supervising producer, and everyone's oh, congrats, you know, well done, you'll do great, you'll do great. It was sunny outside, <laughs> like not seven o'clock in the morning sunny, like ten o'clock in the morning oh. sunny, and it's a breakfast show. Steve, it should have been right, right, dark. Sorry, kid. Yeah, it's just it's very poor. 
I don't know how you put up with it. It must be struggle for you to actually watch so much. Um, I can't. Average Some thing. of it I can't. I, I pity your children. I have to hear. Oh, they're getting an education. Hear all your rants about the wrong girl. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine how you feel about um, Ellen or worst daytime TV, The View. You have, probably have to watch The View a lot, didn't you? I know. I just let it go through the keeper. Oh. It just happens. It can be a thing. That's fine. Because let's be fair, if it's in a you, daytime slot. What are you slot, loving on TV at the moment? What What is keeping you in TV? And because we both agree that the internet should be taking over anytime soon. Yes. So what what actually is TV doing right, broadcast television? I think Australia, pound for pound, still bats well above its weight internationally when it does good, good drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Uh, Unfortunately, the commercial networks aren't investing as much in that as they used to. It, the mantle has almost wholly been passed to Foxtel and the ABC and SBS. Because yeah. um, breaking news, people, Dr. Doctor, um, Hide and Seek, The Secret Daughter, The Wrong Girl, House Husbands, um, all, that's all dross. That's not real drama. It's at best feel-good, you know, foamatainment. Mm. Um, it's not dramatic so it might be an edge comedic yeah right but it's not doing its thing um so like i'm loving loving wentworth super hard um i thought that uh the kettering incident was excellent um glitch phenomenal last year and great to see that that's now getting an international audience on netflix uh really surfing the stranger things wave Mm -hmm. and i think that has been an excellent thing both for netflix to pick it up and drop it in on the back of that as well as for Matchbox Pictures who make Glitch now to be a co-production between Netflix and the ABC for season two uh, because the buzz around that show now isn't quite what Stranger Things was. But in America, there's lots of people going, what is this Glitch thing? Oh, right. Which is phenomenally so good and great performances. And it was a cracking drama when we saw it last year. Did you like The Code? Uh, I appreciated the code. I thought it was a little bit too smart for a broad audience appeal. Right. Um, but you're not broad audience. You're, you're the niche that it would have appealed to, I thought. Yeah, I just watched it when sometimes I just don't want to think that much. But that's me. Mm. I know that other people dug it and some very smart people were involved in it and I totally acknowledged and appreciated their involvement in it because without it, it would have been, you know, Sandra Bullock's The Net all over again, which... I skipped a day of school to see that, by the way. Don't don't get down on that movie. And how much did you love that? Well, Sandra Bullock was my fascination for many years. I hear that. Um, it didn't It didn't even seem good at the time, did it, the net? It actually no. managed to, to ruin what was a really good premise, and it was going to be the first internet thriller, and it was so lame. Just drove truck ho- trucks through the holes of the technical <laughs> plot. Just didn't, they didn't weren't possible. understand computers. They didn't understand hacking. No. I, I know it was early on, but still, we all knew more than the, the producers seemed to know. It was what? akin to the girl in the original Jurassic Park sitting down at the computer system that ran Jurassic Park and going, this is a Unix system. I know this. <laughs> I forgot that line. Oh. Why they didn't allow dinosaurs to eat her is beyond me. (laughs) 
Now, for those that have hung in through what has become Mog's TV Talk, thank you. I, I appreciate you listening. Luke, I have one more question and a note. Huh? This is but now part one of another conversation we need to have because I've barely scratched the surface on you. We've just talked TV for 40 minutes. Oh, yeah, well, I deserve a, a, a full series, clearly, so I can rant about industries <laughs> I'm no longer in. That's right. Next week, it's Foxtel. Um <laughs> So my final question, and, and so, yeah, please, if we can have another conversation later, that would be excellent. What are you going to achieve in the next 12 months? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> right. Well, um, I'm going to continue raising um, some excellent children, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping to start um, building... Definitely concerned with guinea pigs. Uh, <laughs> there might be a new guinea pig hutch, but um, mm. we've got... A, aquaponics setup that um, is going to develop. I'm going to do some severe gardening out the front and maybe knock down a garage. But um, career-wise, I'm going to launch some new countries with Howes. And um, expanding the APAC region is certainly on my agenda and mm-hmm. backed up by a lot of um, really clever people there. Um, that's going to go in all new directions. Um I'm doing partnerships there now too. So setting up partnerships with some um, big players in Australia and in lifestyle online and um, other related areas. Great, is, yeah. Is where I'm looking with that. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming that, that House's spectacular rise is going to continue. Everyone I know will be compelled to follow my fascination with architecture and I'm not going to stop taking photos of houses. So there'll be more of that. Um, Good. And yeah, I, I'm still putting off studying my own social network. I'm watching others fail first before I <laughs> learning lessons. Do that. Yeah. Hey Luke. Speak. Thank you so much for the chance to speak with you today. Please know the things that you said are very special and you're highly valued, my friend. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. You're my favourite whack job, Steve. (laughs) That's going on the next business card. (laughs) Um, I I really appreciate all the time you spend replying to my nonsense online and to many other people, to the way that you backed the Sunrise community when everyone else thought it was a cult. Um, (laughs) And that's been endearing for for some time. So um, thank you for stroking my ego with this podcast. It's absolutely my pleasure. Luke, very clearly you do use Twitter. Are there other social accounts you would want people to know about? (laughs) Um, I'm buckle up everywhere you go. I'm dedicated to that. So try that anywhere you want. Um, Even on Gmail, I'm buckle up at Gmail. So... um, Solid branding. Instagram is mostly houses. Um, House is all houses. Um, I think someone got buck off at Facebook, but um, they can go facebook.com slash Luke Buckle if if they wanted to see more of my (laughs) lame architecture shots. Um, But I I shoot wacky houses and um, traditional ones as well. So that, that might interest some people. It amuses me. 100%. Actually, just as before we do wrap up, um, I encourage you, if you you may well have been wanting to see it, but Tim Ross has a two-part series starting the day this um, airs, is released, this 8th of November, on the ABC called Streets of Your Town. 
Uh, and it's a look at how modern Australian architecture has been influenced by so many different things and places and stuffs. Just to complete the circle, I can mm. tell you that when I started at House, I became aware of Tim Ross's own house and I pushed them to do a story on it. And a couple of weeks ago they did and I got to go get a tour from Tim of his own right. house. And so I've, I've lived a dream there. And I am it's looking, a pretty amazing house. I am looking, it is a fantastic house. And I'm looking really forward to um, that series. It's, it's totally up my alley and I think a great thing for Tim to have achieved, um, bringing kind of a modernist architecture to the masses. This has been Humans of Twitter, and I can confirm that at Buckle Up is indeed human. <laughs>